Hello, welcome to Sideways. This morning, it's warm and sunny, and the birds are singing, and the sky's blue. Last night, it was raining so hard, I could scarcely uh, hear the television above the rain smashing into the windows. I suppose what we're looking for is always something in between those two. And that's what we're talking about this week. How we find emotional balance, what it is, and once we have found it, how we keep it there. We also talk about the after effects of the COVID vaccine, mental health awareness, and Martin and I start to debate the creation of a Venn diagram uh, of our own musical tastes. The joy of balance. All right. Yeah, I've got some new stuff coming up about recording in progress and all that. It started to freak me out. Yeah, I had that. I had this strange ethereal voice that said, this meeting is being recorded. Yeah, yeah, I got that, which has never happened before. I suppose, do you think that um, people are recording meetings covertly and then using them as, uh, you know, for nefarious doings against others? Uh I think you're right. I suppect this would be cropping up all over the internet. It'd be going viral before we know what's going on, <laughs> outside of our control. You're looking quite tanned this morning. Have you been on a sunbed? No, I haven't, no. It's just been working outside for the last couple of weeks. and I've it's caught been raining all the time, though. Well, no, there's been brief periods when it's been uh, been very sunny and quite warm. Uh, but hey, everyone's been saying the same, that I've sort of caught, it, caught myself a bit of a tan which is a, a bit weird, but I do go brown very quickly, so it's it's, yeah. it's one of those things. It's fake tan, isn't it? You're fake tanning. <laughs> <laughs> do you know, I've never been in one of those. I don't want to end up like Donald Trump with, you know, with the uh, the white bits around the eyes where you put the glasses on. He's cleverer than you. <laughs> do you think so? Yeah. <laughs> so I was just trying to get on via my computer, actually. I've got... I've got yeah, that's not Don't take too long because I've had my second COVID jab and I'm waiting for the after effects to kick in. Um, that would be about 24 hours time before it kicks in, mate. Don't you? Worry. It'd be you've got a long time to wait yet before you start to feel horribly ill and, and have to take to your bed for a for a good few hours. <laughs> well, you don't know. <laughs> well, I've had my first one and they said the second one's much much nicer. Are you on? Are you, are you on AstraZeneca? No. Oh, yeah. If you're on the Pfizer one, then you definitely get a horrible packet this time uh, tomorrow. Yeah, they've saved the Pfizer ones for people who are slightly more intelligent. <laughs> are you, how did you sneak through then? Ah, <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear. Anyway, what are we talking about? Because, as you know, I haven't got long, probably. No, no, quite well, not long on this earth. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's hope, let's hope it's not quite that bad. I mean, um, I don't mind a few side effects, but... If it kills me, it'll be somewhat counterproductive. Yeah. Okay, we'll start this again. Um, welcome to our last ever Sideways podcast <laughs> with uh, Graham Landy and Martin Pankhurst. Um, it might just be me next week, or I might just I might not bother. We'll see how it goes. Would you carry on if I died? <laughs> um, <laughs> it, yeah, probably. I think, you know... We'd just have a it. conversation with you, so it would just be a monologue. <laughs> it would, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be a bit boring, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mind um, you, I suppose one episode would probably be right because you could go on about how what a great bloke I was. Well, I could do like a eulogy that I'll do at your funeral. Yeah, yeah, do it first on the podcast before you've done it at yeah. my funeral. <laughs> <laughs> I've already got it written, mate, because I think your time's numbered. So I think you know, we've talked about that before. We have. 
Anyway, so what are we talking about? Uh, th- well, this one I wanted to talk about is the inspiration came from uh, a conversation we we're having in one of our normal aspire to be Zoom meetings that we have every evening at the moment. And um, one of the girls that came on, she'd, she'd been, um, yeah, she's, doing, she's doing really well. She's a few months into into recovery. And she said that uh, she, she felt really happy because she was right in the middle of the sort of emotional spectrum. She, she used the word contented. Um, and I was, you know, I was facilitating the meeting and I told her how happy I was to hear that as she was fairly early on. In a in a on a recovery road, and um, it's a really positive sign. So I really wanted to talk today about balance. You know, getting to that middle ground and the the joy of balance. It's the heading of my of my notes. I mean, we know as as addicts, um, we we very much use on emotions all the time. We feel that we, you know, when we feel depressed, we're you know we, we throw ourselves into our drug of choice to sort of avoid how we're feeling. And then when we're feeling really happy, we want to try and keep that feeling going. So um, being right in the middle is the safest place to be. So when people come onto the meetings and say that's how they feel, I think it's a really great sign and it's a, it's the safest place for us all. Um, not just in addiction, but I think generally, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And, and I suppose the difference is when you have someone in recovery who comes into a meeting and says that they feel like they're right in the middle of that spectrum, the the greatest victory there is that they've done it um, themselves rather than chemically. Exactly, yeah. 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 Nature has taken its course. You've put everything <laughs> in place and it's suddenly you're in a, in a place where you're all right, which yeah. is it's a quite – I've got to say, I remember getting to that point and it was a weird feeling. I kept looking around and feeling – Something's going to happen in a moment. This is I'm not I'm not used to this. The thing that people find difficult, all of us, you know, I'm not just saying I'm, I'm not just suggesting this is just people who are struggling with their mental health. We all find this difficult. But the thing that we find difficult is separating um, the experiences that we have in our lives from being directly influencing where we sit on that spectrum. So, for example. I think we all believe that if something bad happens to us, we will necessarily struggle on that emotional spectrum and we won't be able to get ourselves out of the fog. But of course, our emotions aren't really controlled by anything other than us. It's really, it's not a um, a specific stimulus that creates an emotion in us. It's our response to it. And I think, you know, part of what you're learning in recovery is recognising your ability to self-regulate in that way it is when i was when i was writing these uh, notes about as i headed up as the joy of balance it sort of reminded me of um a, a book that um that my brother was reading back in the sort of late 90s it was called the joy of pie right <laughs> Which what, is, as in as in shepherd's pie not in not as in shepherd's oh. pie no but in, in the the math, mathematical constant <laughs> um and he had a whole book on it, right? And I mean, it's it's it was bizarre, but it took him to quite a happy place. But you know, I don't know if you've ever tried, if you've ever looked at it, or even thought about reading the joy of pie. I mean, I can't think of anything worse, can you? I mean, as far as I'm concerned, pie was one of those it was a sort of mathematical construct you use at school, and basically, it's you know, the, uh, how many times the the, the the diameter or the, the 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 circumference is fitted into. No, I'm getting that wrong way around now. I'll come back to that in a minute. <laughs> You want to get yourself a copy of The Joy of Pi and look it up. No, I do. <laughs> do you want to have another go? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> well, as, as far as I was concerned, you know, it's uh, you know how many times the diameter fits into the circumference of a circle. 
and it, it's it's an infinite number because I always I always used to wind Russ up. Well, just it's, it's roughly three. That's all you need to know. And it, and and because it goes on to a sort of an infinite number of decimal places, he was he was outraged by it. Um, but, you know, how much can you get out of a book about that? And it, it, it still puzzles me to this day. <laughs> well, but aren't you kind of, you're hitting upon something that's quite important in terms of uh, recognising uh, the way that we um, reach a point of balance for ourselves, which is that it's different for all of us, isn't it? You know, that it's not as if it's there's one kind of set of scales and we all have to do exactly the same things to create balance the way that we create balance in, in our lives is kind of completely dependent on the way that we view the world and we view ourselves. The only thing that is constant is our need to achieve it. Yeah, I mean, if you look, if you try and define balance, um, which we like to, I like to try and put in a definition at this point, um, again, it's quite tricky. Um, I'll have a go. Okay, well, I, I, you have a go first, and I'll see if my notes that I've, uh, my research notes tie up in any way with what you're going to say. Well, I... I don't suppose they will, but I always I, I've got this um, this uh, matrix that I learned when I was doing um, couples therapy training, and I always think it's a really lovely way of thinking about. It's actually designed for understanding where the problems are in relationships, but I think it's also quite a good way of thinking about ourselves and how we achieve balance. And if you think about two axes, uh, you know, a Y and an X axis. And you think that one of them, let's say the the vertical one, is about self-esteem. And at the the one end, you've got shame. And at the other end, you've got narcissism and grandiosity. Where you're trying to sit is in the middle of that, right? You don't want to be shameful and you don't want to be narcissistic. You want to be sitting somewhere in the middle. And then if you think about the horizontal axis as being one of um, your kind of need for the love and appreciation and affirmation of others – at one end, you have someone who is love dependent. They kind of can't function without everybody else or other people telling them they're okay. And at the other end, you've got someone who is love avoidant and they push everything away and they can't connect. And again, you want to be in the center of that. So if you think about that as a kind of two by two matrix, if you can yeah. all the time you can find yourself in the center of that somewhere, then you're going to be in a pretty healthy, robust place. How about that? Okay. Yeah, no, no, that's, that's, um, you've, you've done it quite. I've, I've been visualizing that as we're going on. It's almost like you could put two lines on that graph and where they intersect is a, an ideal place to be. Exactly that. And, uh, yeah, and I think it's, it's right. I mean, it's when, you, when you're trying to work out balance, now what are you trying to balance? When you research it, everything tends to uh, lead towards the work life balance, but there's so much more than that, isn't there? Within that balance, you've got to have things like, you know, your relationships and uh, uh, your fitness and your health and emotional well being. And making time for yourself and that sort of thing to try and get this balance. There's a lot of lot of aspects to it. It's not just work life, is it? There's a lot of other things that have, that have got to come into that. So it's quite difficult to construct everything in your life to get it all perfectly balanced. And I'm sure we never, um, you know, will constantly be shifting around. And you know, when, it, when you do briefly reach that middle point, I think it's quite a nice place to be. But I think we're there for very long, are we? No, that's right. You can't. You certainly can't boil it down to something like work life balance because. It goes back to what we were talking about before. It depends on the individual. For some people, depending on the other circumstances in their lives, they might get a lot of joy from spending a lot of time working. And someone might look at the way they they live their lives and they might say, crikey, you spend a lot of time working. What about the other stuff in their lives? But they might be happy doing that. There's nothing wrong with that. I think it's important for us not to, you know, we none of us are in a position to judge the way that someone else lives their lives. 
but you know as an individual if your life is out of kilter because you feel it. And, yeah. and so I think it's much, much more important than someone else telling us that something is wrong is us recognising that something is uncomfortable and that there is a need for us to do something about it. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that sounds fair. I mean, it, when you're in the throes of addiction, there's no balance at all. No. It's all, it's all skewed towards, you know, the, the, to, to making sure you have the drug of choice to hand. Everything else doesn't matter. Everything else goes out the window. You know, looking after yourself, you know, your sleep pattern, uh, you know, your temper, everything, everything is, 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 is totally skewed. And so it is, it's a nice feeling when you start to move back to that, that um, uh, graph, that intersection we're talking about. Even, even when you're approaching that, you start to feel better. It's, I, I see it at, um, when you do get to that point is when you feel um, your recovery is really then underway. It's, it's pro- you're probably getting a, a hold on it because it, um, you, you start to get to that point in your life where you don't resent not being able to have a drink, but rather you, you, you embrace it and enjoy it. And, and it, all, it all leads into that, that balance in, in normal life. Yeah, you're right. If you, you think about that matrix, in, when you're in active addiction, you're right down the shame end of the self-esteem axis. And you're, pro- you're certainly, well, you're probably a combination. So sometimes you'd be love dependent. You need other people to kind of fully accept you, even though you can't accept yourself. But more often than not, you're pushing people away, aren't you? Yeah. The not yeah, you, yeah, are, exactly. you are you are cutting yourself off and you're completely avoidant from connection, which is the you know the antithesis of the very thing that you need to help you out. You know, when you think about um the benefit of peer support for people in recovery, it is fundamentally in the connection. And when you're in <laughs> yes. active addiction, you're completely disconnected from yourself and from the world. Yeah, you are. I mean, I was I was starting to look at getting some notes together exactly on that point on connection, um, but then I realised we'd done one on, uh, on 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 belonging and what it's necessary to belong. So I think we'd we'd be going over some old ground. But what episode was it? I, I, haven't, I haven't looked it up, mate. <laughs> and I'm not I'm not I'm not getting I'm not having you slagging me off on the air because of my uh, the way that I organise myself in that area. I'm just I'm taking a blasé attitude towards it now. <laughs> That's good. That's growth, isn't it? It is gross. <laughs> <laughs> of assaults, yeah. <laughs> but I, what I'm going to do right at this point is to throw in a quote because I know you like those oh, at certain times. Um, yeah, you always you always moan, <laughs> right? You always moan. But I think this one I'm going to throw this in just because it's um it's from one of my favourite ancient Greek philosophers. <laughs> is it Socrates? <laughs> Uh, no, it's not. No, it's he's actually post-Socratic. This fellow, I quite like oh. the pre-Socratic. But he's post, um, which is uh, Epicurus. All oh, right, yeah. yeah. Okay, and I think just throwing in a in a, a quote from a, a Greek philosopher it gives this whole podcast a little bit of gravitas, doesn't it? It's it's it's, it's, it's just, not just a couple of shuffling idiots kicking the can up the road. Do you know what I mean? It, even right. though we probably are. If you carry on like this, you'll be uh, eligible for the Pfizer vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to go a long way up the scale to get there. But uh, yeah, so anyway, the quote is a very short quote, but I quite liked it. And it is moderate in order to taste the joys of life in abundance. Now, um, in, in addiction, I mean, moderation, there, there is no such thing. Yeah. Um, we, we, we can't do that. But it is, uh, but I think it's quite nice that the fact you can have, you can have an abundance in your life, but through moderation. And if Epicurus is saying it, and he was he was around sort of way before before well, he was BC, he was about three hundred and forty BC, so he was he was quite wise for his days. Uh, yes, I like that one. Uh, it reminds me of something my dad used to say. He, my dad used to say uh, everything in moderation. 
He was. Yeah. I don't think he was a, um, a Greek philosopher. He wasn't one of the. Sto- <laughs> he wasn't one of the Stoics. Although he was quite <laughs> stoical, in fairness, my dad. Having said that, he had an Einstein look about him. I've got to say. Well, that was probably that was just his, you know, slightly wayward hair. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, that's what he needed. <laughs> but I was going to ask you. I was going to say, you know, I'd imagine you get a lot of people come in to see you where their lives are unbalanced. But I think you've probably already proved that that is the case anyway, because you've got, you've got a matrix and everything which you use for exactly that purpose. And you wouldn't have one of those if it's if it's a, a one-off scenario. Well, I, th- it, I, I think if you think about it broadly, by definition, pretty much everyone who comes to see me is out of balance. Yeah. Yeah, I know. When I was writing it down, I thought this is a, this is answering itself. Yeah. So, but I think it's quite an in- it's an interesting question because thinking about it in that way is quite informative. You know, that's really what it is. We get sometimes people feel stigmatised by any sort of me- mental health difficulty, but that's really what it is. Most of the time, it is a lack of balance. You know, something's out of kilter. Something's not quite working right. It doesn't mean something's broken or there's something wrong with you. It's just that. You know, things are out of balance. Especially, you know, we're, we're in Mental Health Awareness Week at the moment, aren't we? And and I we think are. People, are t- uh, people are taking um, a bit of a look at themselves sometimes. And do you, do you, would you say there's any sort of warning signs or early warning signs that your life is becoming unbalanced? Is there something you can pinpoint or various things you could pinpoint? You say, oh, actually, I'll just, I'll just to, to have a word with myself because something's not quite right here. Yeah, I think there are. I mean, I think it depends... Well, I think broadly, you know that something's getting out of balance. Going back to what I said earlier on, when you start to feel uncomfortable, when something's feeling uncomfortable, when something feels wrong, uh, you know, either in your life as an individual or in your relationship or something, I, I think part of the problem is our willingness to take action, which is actually one of the issues I have with the whole mental health awareness week thing. We're already aware of mental health difficulty. We should just be doing something about it. We should have a mental health do something about it week instead, like Bob a job week, only for mental health. (laughs) Well, I know what you're saying, but I think the awareness really should be from those people that don't have uh, the the illnesses. I think that's really what it's about, isn't it? So people that that aren't um, suffering from it can have some sort of empathy um, with, with people that do. It is, but my point is we all know there are problems with mental health we shouldn't be we shouldn't be still be in a position where we're needing to be reminded that mental health issues exist we should be we should have moved past that to a point where we're saying right we know that you know sometimes people have difficulties with mental health we get that we understand that people get stressed or anxious or you know all sorts of other things let's let's accept that we know that it exists. Let's now decide what the hell we're going to do about it. You know, there's a lot of, to me, there's a lot of kind of posturing about, oh, we've got to make sure that we're aware of the difficulties people have. I mean, how how much more awareness do we need? We just need to get on and take some action, don't we? Uh, We do, but you're not angry. Well, no, no, I think you're you're going way off beam, to be honest, and your anger's taking you into areas that I'm not agreeing with. <laughs> I, th- I think that, no, I think the awareness is, is, is it's okay with people like you and I. We are aware of it because we've had issues with it, but there's still a lot of people out there that see it as a bit of a, almost like a made-up thing, you know, just, just you know, just put your, have a stiff up of it, carry on, crack on. There's still a lot is of that, that going on, which is, which is why we need that awareness. When people are kind of in denial about mental health awareness issues, is, yeah. that re- is that really a problem of awareness or is that just people being pricks? 
<laughs> I hadn't really thought of it in those terms, but I think it's, there's probably a combination of the two. Uh, there's, there's, there's probably some people that are never going to be uh, aware of it or, or take it to consideration. I think my point is that there'll always be some people that whatever you say, however much evidence you give them, however much you talk about it, they either won't want to look at it or they'll refuse to look at it. And so some, at some point you have to say, okay, well, we're going to move forward without those people. You know, you can't sure. convince everyone of the relevance and the importance and the significance of something. If people don't want to listen to it, if people don't really think that mental health issues are real, then fine, they can, you know, carry on. But we, we can't kind of sit around forever trying to make sure that people, that everybody is aware of it when really should have got to the point where people are. I agree. I agree on that point. Anyway, anyway, when I anyway when I was looking up the warning signs or the ideas before we got, before we went off into that little uh, realm of uh, it wasn't even an argument really was it we should that have was a, a heat, it was a heat, heated debate wasn't it it didn't really get heated but we should have a proper ding dong we'll have to find something we really don't agree about and have a, a proper discussion How about American rock we could, <laughs> <laughs> we could video it live we could put gloves on and everything have a proper punch up about it. Anyway, yeah, warning signs. I was looking at these again, researching it. So, they're a bit weird, some of them, but you know, warning signs could be, you know, you stop taking care of your body, which we've already discussed. Uh, or your, ment- your mental health is going downhill, which we've already sort of discussed. Unable to sleep properly, which we've already talked about already. But there's there's one there which, which made me laugh was, was being forgetful, which I thought, well, I mean, that's, yeah. Uh, obviously, you couldn't take that on its own, just being forgetful. It doesn't mean you, you, your life is out of balance just because you forgot a few things. But what it did, it did remind me of a little story that uh, one of my old schoolmates who listens to this podcast regularly, so I will name him, and because he, he did give me permission to use the story. It's just, um, um, you know, and you know him as well, Jez, Jez Thistlethwaite. Obviously, I've known him since I was since I was a kid at school, uh, but he's only recently told me this story but about exactly about forgetfulness where he had he'd gone to he was invited to um a party and it was the 25th wedding anniversary party of one of his mates who had been uh, had got married obviously it was around i think it's 20 25 years something like that and so it was a big 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 gathering they had a look at the video of the, of the original wedding and all that sort of thing and he got then there's a lot of people he didn't know so he went around and introduced himself and said you know i was a you know i'm jazz i was the best man at the wedding and all that, and they got round and they had you know, a few nibbles, settled down with their drinks, sat down to watch the video. And as the video come on, he suddenly realised that um, he, he wasn't the best man after all. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why he got his words completely crossed. But <laughs> oh, dear. That's embarrassing enough, but having told everyone and then everyone's watching the video and thinking, oh, that best man's changed, hasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> recognition yeah <laughs> he's lost height <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that so, is quite, that's quite bad so uh he realized his life was out of balance at that point completely it, it, i think it felt out of balance at that point don't you <laughs> he'd gone right down to the shame end of the scale well that's for sure i bet that i bet that did affect his sleep that night <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, uh, I'll tell you, uh, if you um, just on that subject of signs of, uh, I don't know, too much stress, too much anxiety or whatever, if you Google something like that, you'll find countless lists of stuff. So it's not difficult to find them. But one of the problems is that when um, when we even when we see the signs, so, for instance, the signs of being too stressed, we tend to ignore them because we've got too much on and we can't. Yeah. 
and we can't yeah. focus on it. It's like we're too stressed to deal with our uh, excess of stress. Oh, so, no, yeah, yeah. So again, it's, it is, so again, it isn't so much. I don't want to take us back to our heated debate, but it's in even in that <laughs> sense, it's not so much that we don't know. It's more that we can't convince ourselves to take action about what we're seeing. Yeah, and and certainly as a, as an addict, I know what that feels like when you're in the throes of of addiction and things that are crumbling around you. You know you've got to do something, and you just don't. You leave it to right to the last minute. You just have another drink to forget about that fleeting moment where you thought I must do something about this. Mm. Another drink or some drugs or whatever take that thought away. And you is that because it just is that because it just feels like it's impossible or it feels like it's too big a challenge what is it both of those really mm. i think that you know the, the, the challenge ahead you can't envisage your life without drinking drugs to begin with and then the thought of of, of trying to give it up if you if you tried even to, to go for a few hours you know how agonizing it can be how painful it is both emotionally and physical and it's much easier just to have another drink and forget about it yeah let's have a cup of so, tea, have a cup, uh, of tea. Well, have a cup of tea and a biscuit exactly a nice little shortbread sort yourself out but anyway, <laughs> I was going to go to the I was going to go to the farmers market this morning, and it was raining so heavily I didn't fancy it. Do you think? Right, I, do, you think do you think that's a poor show? I'd say that's a um, sure sign your life's out of balance. It is. Isn't it? Yeah. Now I mean it's okay. That well, the the problem there is you've gone for uh, immediate gratification rather than the long term benefit because now you're going to have to live for the next uh, few weeks without any apples and pears. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I, that's I, not Cockney rhyming slang, by the way. <laughs> Those stairs, yeah. But I, <laughs> I, the um, lift. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I've actually, put, I did actually look up. I did Google where where the farmers' shops were, so I could, can go and get some. Um, but I know it's because it, it's it, the farmers' market's held in a muddy field, and it'll be horrible over there. And especially if you're having to queue up to get in at the moment with the COVID restrictions still in place, it would have been quite a miserable experience rather than a joy. So I didn't fancy it. I mean, you could have gone, in, you know, knee deep in mud. You could have been kind of empathic with the farmers who are having to create all their produce, couldn't you? Uh, I could, I, I could have done that, but um, I, I've, I found I've got, I've, I've got enough of what I need at the moment, anyway. So it would, it would have just, I would have probably just bought it and it ended up rotting on the shelves. The Columbia Coffee Woman, she she'll probably go out of business because you're not. Well, that. quite well, quite. No, I've looked her up online, so I can buy it online. So she's going to be all right. So she'll I've covered all, all with bases. She'll be all tearful this morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I won't be on her gratitude list, will I? <laughs> oh, is that a segue? Hey, <laughs> yeah, that's quite good. I almost didn't notice that one. They didn't. I they slip it by you. <laughs> Yeah, okay, I've, I've got I've got one of my lists. I'm going to come to you first, but I've got one of my lists. I think you might have had it in the past. I can't remember, but you'll tell me in a minute. No, let, let's. I always go. For, I always go first. You go first this week. All right. Um, uh, poetry. Did, nice. Have you used that? I don't. Th- I don't think I have used. poetry. I've had books. Uh, I've had books, but I don't think I've had poetry. Yeah, that's it, uh, okay. Poetry. All right. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it came to mind really. Um, because I mean, I don't know about you. I remember, you know, poetry at school when I was doing me, I was doing my A level in English, and the, the, the literature we was having to study was, you now some of the stuff we was having to read, like Chaucer, for example, and, and uh, you know, Gerard Manley Hopkins, and some of the, some of the, and and I really didn't like the poetry there. I thought it was, it was, it was, it was very, very drab. It was almost like poetry for poetry's sake. But then John Cooper Clark came into my life, and all of a sudden, poetry was brilliant. <laughs> and you know, when we went to see him. Yeah, um, and you remember one of the, one of the girls that was also on stage with him was uh, Toria Garber. Yeah, which um, 
Now, I, I follow her on, on Instagram, and she was on, a, on, a, on a, an Instagram show the other night with this other um, this other poet, uh, Luke Luke Wright, and they call it ping pong poetry. So one of them will say a poem which sparks off uh, an idea, and they'll they look up some poems or we'll use some of their own poetry. It was an hour show, and it was absolutely fabulous. It was brilliant, and uh, I, you know, I've got a soft spot for Doria anyway. I thought she was great live, and to hear some of her uh, newer poems and, and stuff that she was, she was looking at was was absolutely brilliant. I thought, you know what, this is this is a joy. Mm. I'm really grateful that uh, I follow her on Instagram and that I was about it. It pinged up, and I was able to go straight into it and watch the sh- watch the show. It was an hour, and it was absolutely fabulous. Mm, that's very good. Well, um, thanks for letting me know about that. Anyway, <laughs> well, you follow her yourself. What's, I, can't, I, I do I can't follow her. I do follow her. All right, okay. I was probably doing something else at the time. Yeah. I would have probably been grateful to have been tipped to the wink on that. Well, it's it's still available because even though I watched it live, uh, it is now available on on, the, oh. on her page. So I might watch that. Okay, that's very good. Very good. Actually, that's interesting because that means our um, both the things on our gratitude uh, list this week are kind of loosely related. Uh, okay. Because, because this week um, I am grateful for my dad. Okay. Uh, but more specifically, I'm grateful that my dad, who was a particular lover of words, there's the connection. Okay. Um was always very keen to kind of extend my vocabulary. Um, you know, used a lot of words that I couldn't understand. And so, you know, encouraged me to ask him so that he could explain to me what it meant. I uh, was a great crossword lover. And I kind of realised in years gone by that actually my, you know, whatever ability I have to express myself, I probably owe largely to my father because obviously without words, it's very difficult to express yourself. Exactly. So, um so that's what I'm grateful for this week. There we are. And, of course, the fact that he used to give us lifts to the Hammersmith Odeon to see White Snake and the Tigers of Pantang. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember him ever giving me a lift. But uh, I don't I, suppose I, we went to many gigs together, did we? Because, actually, that's one no. area that, actually, and funnily enough, we're, considering we were in a band together for years, yeah, yeah, our musical tastes don't really overlap that much, do they? No, they, they don't, no. I mean, you don't no, like good music, and I do. Um, yeah, I mean, okay, we can put that on a matrix somewhere, I'm sure, and, and come up and get some graphs to see where about both of us sit. But um, We'd need yeah. a Venn diagram, wouldn't we? We probably, Yeah, if you have a Venn diagram, then the overlapping bits, yeah, I think there's, there'd probably be one or two songs that overlap out of that whole of musical history. I think history. there might be genres. I think there might be some genres that overlapped a little bit. I mean, yeah, probably. there'd probably yeah, be... There'd be some rock bands that would be in the overlap, wouldn't there? Absolutely, yeah, there would. Definitely, um, the Pogues would be in the overlap. The Pogues would be there, certainly. Well, Black Sabbath, probably. Yeah, the men they couldn't hang, they'd be in there. Men they men they couldn't hang. But uh, yes, but talking about music, then. Yeah. On the um, on my my Spotify search this week, when I was looking at balance, um, again, there wasn't there wasn't much going on that I could really report back on. I searched for quite a long time. But there was a, there was a, a, a little musical piece called Balance, which was basically all it was was someone gently striking relaxing Tibetan singing bowls. <laughs> and um, I thought I can't put that on the list. I can't put it on the list. <laughs> it's, I suppose it'd be all right for meditation, but it was just noise. Um, but I, I enjoyed it. I listened it through. It's only a short extract, luckily. Um, uh, uh. 
So I, I would say, uh, I'm not going to that on, but <laughs> there's a, a good track um, called um, Balance Not Symmetry by Biffy Clyro. Yeah, um, oh. uh, there was one... Uh, uh, Go on. Do you want to say something about Biffy Claro? No, I wasn't going to say anything about Biffy Claro. I was going to um, alert you to a track called Balance that you should listen to, which might conceivably be in the overlap of our musical Venn diagram. Okay. It'll be by a band you won't have heard of, but I suspect you might quite like them. <clears throat> there's, a, there's a song called Balance by a band called Future Islands. Oh, do you know, that came up on the list. Oh. It, yeah, I saw that on there and I did listen to it and it starts off, it sounds almost like a like a Bon Tempe organ or something being played. And it's, and it's, and I thought, oh, I don't, I don't, this is, and it went on too long before, before the, the, uh... Oh, you need to go back and listen to it. Cause I suspect you okay. might quite like it. It's kind of almost, it's got a kind of Depeche Mode type of rocky crossover thing going on. I think you might quite like it. All right. Well, uh, that was, that was the next one I saw was, uh, was a Depeche Mode song, which we called get the balance right, there which I remember. Um, it was one of, um, you know, my brother, Paul's favourite tracks at the time. He was a massive Depeche Mode fan, wasn't he? Yeah. Yes, yes. We went to see them together. Yeah. Um, and it, yeah, so that that was nice to have that track. But the one I'm going to put on was is by a, it's by a Nigerian singer songwriter. He's called Singer, uh, but it's S I N G A H, and it's called Balance It. And it's um, he's apparently he's, he's, he's becoming very big in the Nigerian music scene, and it's lovely. It's just a lovely African feel to it, and and. I hadn't heard it before, and I thought that's the sort of track I would play more than once. I'd, I'd listen to it several times, so I'm going to put that on there because it's a it's a new one on me, and it's lovely. All right, so you're not putting the Tibetan singing bowls on then? <laughs> I might put them on as well. It could be one of those rare occasions. I think you should. I think you should because uh, for no other reason than actually what you're creating inadvertently is balance, isn't it? What a good idea. So to, for the sake of balance, I'm going to put two on this week. Correct. Correct. Good work. Good and work. Uh, and just and, and I'm I'm imagining we're drawing to a close now. So I thought when you said you wanted to talk about um, balance, I thought you'd found a way of shoehorning in all the videos of people falling over we've been looking at recently. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I think you did say about perhaps we should do one on falling over, but I, yeah, I don't think we could create a whole episode, certainly non non visually, that's going to be at least at least a bit listenable. No, you're probably right. Yeah, but it is funny, isn't it? People falling over. It never fails to amuse me. I mean, um, you know, you've been framed as, as lived on that for many, many years, isn't it? Something about people falling over with food as well, which is particularly amusing. <laughs> well, it is. I mean, that one you sent me of that lady falling over the tray of food was so reminiscent of the lady we saw fall over in McDonald's <laughs> in London, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, with a whole yeah. tray of food. And, and although it's, it's a little bit shocking and you want to go and help, but it's, it's incredibly funny, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it reminds me of the time I fell over at work with a full tray of breakfast. <laughs> I don't want to think about. I don't think about it anymore though, because I get slight, slight sort of flashbacks. Are, you know, upsetting. Well, I'll let you. Uh, I'll let you go back and settle, you, settle yourself down again. Now that's come back into your into your mind. You need to sit down with a nice cup of tea. Yeah, I've got. I'm going to go and wait for the side effects to come on. Don't wait, mate. They won't be. You won't get. You'll be all right. You'll be fine. I'm just going to sit in a chair quietly, mm. waiting for them. I might. I might live. I might live stream it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to live stream. <clears throat> we are gathered here today to, to remember the life. <laughs> I don't want to hear. I don't, actually, I, no, I don't think I want to hear my eulogy. Uh, no, you won't. You won't want to hear the one I've got sorted out for you. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good. Okay. Uh, so have a good day. 
And you, mate. There's a lot of rambling there. I'm sure you do your best to edit that down to something vaguely listenable. Yeah. Okay. Well, when I feel better. When you feel better, yeah. Yeah. Well, ho- hopefully, yeah, hopefully it'll be on by um, next Thursday then, because someone was telling me uh, yesterday that they they watch, they look at their clock and they wait for the three o'clock mark to come up. And then they go on onto Buzzsprout and listen to our episode. Well, that, that, whoever that is that's telling you that is, I think, needs to get some balance in their lives. <laughs> <laughs> He's their biggest fan, and that's all I'm saying. <laughs> that's very, that's very humbling, and uh, it is. I might put it on my gratitude list next week. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, we'll make, we'll mention his name next week. Then we'll, we'll get we'll bring him in on that one. All right then. Okay. Okay, mate. All right. Later. See you later. Bye. 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 Sideways was created by Graham Landy and Martin Pankhurst. If you want to read more about our work or sort through the extensive archive of past episodes, just visit grahamlandywellbeing.co.uk forward slash sideways podcast. You can follow us on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram at Sideways Podcast. And you can email us if you have a question or if there's something you'd like us to cover. But most of all, we want to tell you how grateful we are that you come and listen. And we ask that if you've enjoyed what you've heard, that you spread the word. And we'll see you next week.